Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. Mark LaBelle of Dirty Honey. How are you? What's going on, brother? Thank you so much for taking some time here to join us, man. Yeah, no worries. I've been pounding your album the last few days, and it's going really well with those sunny days, those cold beers. <laughs> yeah, totally. The wings, the, the barbecues. Absolutely, man. So you guys re- released this um, you know, during the pandemic, and and it's turned out pretty pretty well for you. Was there ever talk in your camp of like, I don't know, maybe we should, maybe we should hold off? Yeah, the only reason for that would have been um, in terms of recording it and like getting in the same room as the producer instead of doing it like like this via Zoom with him. Right. Um, that was looking back like I I never want to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> what a crazy you know I mean? like! Did you guys all manage to evade COVID? No, I've probably had it like five times now. Right. Um. I didn't get it during <clears throat> lockdown though. I got it, you know, I got it. Maybe, maybe it was kind of on the the back end of maybe that second year. Um, the first time I got it, I literally was at hockey. Um, I was actually, I was doing some work for a friend and uh, helping him out doing locations for a photo shoot with JLo of all people. Not that I, I don't know her or anything like that. I was just working this thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's obviously very high end talent or whatever, and they make you get COVID tested before you come to the, the photo shoot set. And I went to this, like this testing site, didn't think anything of it, felt completely fine. Went to hockey, came back from hockey with like a dozen voicemails from the producer who was like, you have COVID. Like, I was like, fuck man. Um, and then, yeah, the next day I felt like total shit for probably 48 hours and then it was fine. Wow. So how much did the pandemic affect, you know, the game plan as a, as a band? Yeah, it was, it was, it derailed us pretty good, honestly. I mean, derailed everybody and, and everything, but, um, yeah. you know, we were supposed to be in Europe. We we're supposed to do Australia, Japan, obviously the black crows tour got delayed. Um, you know, it, it affected everything we were doing, mm-hmm. it affected the recording It affected your ability to write your, your willingness and desire to write, you know, you're just kind of, there's all these question marks. So, yeah, you know, I talked to probably, I don't know, a hundred musicians over the the two years, and I would say a good, you know, a third of them were like, "Yeah, man, I just lost like the motivation to to write, and I just kind of lost the motivation to play." And like, holy man, that's crazy. It it was tough. I said during the pandemic, I was like, "It's tough to write songs about life when you're not living like a life. You're just." kind of in your apartment every day going to the grocery store there's nothing to do you're not interacting with people you're going through the same groundhog day sort of like situation every single day for two years it was terrible but you know we 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 found a little light um in there and we got together and we rented a rehearsal space and like wrote and stuff and that was a good escape for a little while but uh it was it was short-lived 
But like now, like how good is it to be yeah. back on stage and like your music is being played to people that love your band? Like <laughs> totally. No, it's crazy. And I remember that first gig back was in uh Phoenix, it was in Tempe, actually, I believe. And um man, it was just so like emotional to have a room full of people again, just like feel the energy and um it was uh it was a really special night and there are a lot of people that, you know, have been fans, you know, since day one that showed up to that gig and like they were there to sort of rejoice with us for the first time again. It was really, it was really cool. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So when do you guys jump back on the road? I know you're in Vancouver, uh, Rickshaw Theater, September 5th. Great venue, by the way, if you've never been. Yeah, I've never, I've only been to Vancouver once and that was just a little pass through to go up to Whistler to go skiing. But, um, you know, I've heard nothing but great things about the city. I got buddies that that live down um <clears throat> in like Newport Beach that played for the Canucks and stuff, you know. And they just love love the city. So they're like you're going to have a blast. But um yeah, I'm I'm really for- looking forward to just getting to Canada as a whole. Like I've we've never really played anywhere other than Toronto and Montreal, so well, um you know, it's going to be good. It's going to be good to get up there finally and you know, especially Vancouver, that's one of the sites that um, I just remember in the early days sending a lot of merch to and stuff, um, you know, when I was doing it from from my apartment before we had a merch company. And <laughs> I was like, who are all these people in British Columbia that know about us, you know? That's awesome. So you're, yeah. you're mentioning uh, NHL buddies, like talk about playing the uh, the Winter Classic and, 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 yeah. uh, and the decision to play a cover of Prince's Let's Go Crazy. Like, great choice, man. I know you guys play that a lot in your live shows, but. Well, that was um, sort of after the fact, after we recorded it, that that was sort of an addition to the to the live show. But uh, yeah, TNT called us and, you know, they'd heard about us, like the producer of the, you know, the the broadcast had heard about us um, on Spitting Chicklets, actually. Um Okay. And he was like following our career ever since. And he just thought, man, you know, we're looking for this. We're looking for an artist to do like a rock cover of, you know, a print song because the winter classic was in Minneapolis, you know, and, and um, he's like, I immediately thought of you guys and just see if there's a tune that maybe speaks to you and, you know, see if you can do something interesting with it. Or if you guys are even interested in doing this little project, and I was like, obviously, of course, I'd love to do something. Um, are you a hockey and- fan? Yeah, big hockey fan, um, you know, and and obviously a big Prince fan. And I had heard a version of of Prince doing Let's Go Crazy with like a heavier riff to it. And, um, you know, we kind of built this cover on that idea and, and, you know, really put our own little spin on it. And that was, you know, a big determining factor in whether or not we were going to do the music. Because like, you got to make it, if you're going to do a cover, you got to make it your own, you know? 100%, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we did our thing with it and they were cool, cool enough to have us, you know, fly, fly us up to Duluth and shoot on a frozen lake and do all this crazy drone footage with um, this drone operator. I've been trying to do some stuff with for a long time. He's like a famous cinematographer. Okay. Um, so it was really like magical, you know, um, like conglomeration of all these interests I've had and people I've wanted to work with and um, hockey, obviously. So it was uh the guys were not too thrilled about being in Duluth in the middle of winter, but uh, it was fine. Yeah, totally. So, uh, you guys are from LA. I'm from Albany. Um, okay. But yeah, we all 
but the band formed essentially here for sure. formed in yeah. LA. Yeah. yeah. So w- what's the what's the scene like there now? Like, of course, we know the the infamous you know days of the crew and GNR and all that, but like, yeah. what's it like present day? Man, I wish I knew. I haven't been here. This is my fourth day in LA in the last three months. So I've only been home since Sunday, since oh, the well. uh, European run. Um, so I haven't gotten out, you know, to see live music since I've been home, obviously. But uh, before I left, there was definitely a little bit of a that like post punk thing, whatever they're calling it now, is kind of bigger. Um, when we sort of started like around 2018 there was a lot of bands in like the silver lake scene it was called very hipster like rock scene a lot of keyboards in the the music it was like this softer like hipster genre of rock with a lot of like synths and a lot mm. of vampire weekend sounding stuff like a like a silver sun pickups or yeah something like, like that. not a lot of virtuoso blues guitar playing a lot of like the more simple um almost like singer songwriter rock i would call it so that wasn't really my scene never was um yeah obvious with the music (laughs) yeah um but you know i i did like some of the music it's just it it very much felt like a fad to me and a lot of people were like you guys need to go out to silver lake and you know play at the silver lake lounge or whatever like and i was like i I don't care i don't really care about that at all that's not we don't fit there it's not my thing yeah yeah so it was a lot of that but there's some young bands um we took one out um at our gig out here in san diego there's a band called uh saint electric that's like a little more rock and roll a little more punk um they're pretty cool um obviously joyous wolf is like a rock and roll band um that we took out so there's some things happening for sure yeah yeah and talk about your uh, guitarist John and being guitar world said he was like number twenty four, the hottest fucking <laughs> number twenty four. Whatever, like, he's probably offended. In, like in their current issue, dude, that's crazy, man. Nah, it's awesome. He's uh, obviously he's an amazing guitar player, and uh, he's he's the one that's been with me on this journey the longest. So, um, okay, you know, we definitely have a, a special connection. But man, he's a maniac. He's a maniac both on and off the stage, and he's really. Um, He's just loving like the entire life. He's a true like rock and roll spirit. And in every sense of the, uh, the phrase, he, he really lives that life, you know? And, um, but you know, most importantly, he's, he's a great like riff writer. He, I, I say a lot, like when he has an idea for a riff and, and he's really honed in on it, like he's the one person that, that really like, can arrange an entire song of music if he's inspired like he'll go the distance on something which is really rare um for us um and you know usually get like four of those ideas a year which are like great um and it's like all the way through that was california dreaming was one of those um stars yep um you know there's just a handful of others but those we'll talk those are the dumb. moments when uh, he sends me like a note, like a voice note or like a demo, and it's I'm like, oh shit, this is gonna be good. Here, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Talk about uh, when I'm gone because, of course, that's a big song for you guys. I mean, it's yep. the first unsigned band to have number one on the what is it, mainstream rock charts or on Billboard or whatever it was. Yeah. So how did that like? Is that one of those songs that just kind of came together and 
like real fast or you know what i mean like sometimes songs do that right they do yeah i think um that one was it was an interesting thing like i'm i'm very much an advocate of not giving up on something you really believe in whether it's a riff or a melody or like a a lyric or something like that and i had these two john wrote the riff and i had a completely other song um with another riff that i really love that i'd like to revisit um but the chorus the, the chorus melody was in this other song oh and so one day i i don't know why i did it i don't know how it happened i can't even tell you where i was or i just remember being on my couch and i played the acoustic to the when i'm gone riff and then I took this other chorus and floated it into what is now when I'm gone. And I, I was like, I think this is pretty good. And he was like, yeah, that sounds good. You know, didn't think anything of it. And then flash forward, um, we went out to Austin and did a demo of it um, with a buddy. And then, you know, it that like really sparked everything when my manager was kind of sniffing around and we were searching for management and we had some stuff going on with record labels and everything and and he heard that song and he was like whoa like that's that's something special for sure yeah um and that was the catalyst for everything just kicking off yeah yeah i'm curious um uh, mark what, what was the music in your house <laughs> like as a kid growing up you know, I grew up in, uh, I don't want to, I, I call it maybe a broken home. Like it's a very traditional American um, upbringing where, you know, like my dad and I would travel on weekends every weekend for hockey tournaments, lacrosse tournaments, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I lived with my mom and my stepdad and I had a brother and a half brother and a stepbrother and a stepsister. It's like a crazy family to follow. So you know, it was, it was kind of all over the place, but it was always rock and roll. Like my dad, you know, he would always be pumping permanent vacation in the car on like hockey trips or, um, he'd have more James Brown. Like he listened to a lot. He loved like a lot of the, the older stuff. But my stepdad also like had the deeper arrow. He had an insane like CD collection of like Aerosmith. He's a huge stones fan, Tom Petty. Um, so I was exposed to all that. Brian Adams was a big one. My mom loves Brian Adams and Rob Rod Stewart. Um, My buddy is the drummer in uh, Brian Adams' band. Oh, really? I've, I've Stewart, seen him yeah. probably a dozen times in my life. Um, cool. Yeah, my brother. I remember my brother specifically and I really bonding over um, Californication by the Chili Peppers, and then my stepbrother, of course, having uh, Shake Your Money Maker on and like yeah. really that like early 90s rock stuff um well, you guys did some shows with the crows didn't you did a whole tour with them yeah deadly yeah they're amazing i'm gonna go see them this weekend actually are you nice yeah what, what was your first concert aerosmith um in saratoga yeah wow. um i think i want to say either kiss or like fuel opened um yeah it was awesome man it I met them uh, that morning. I was like a little kid and I met Aerosmith, you know, like my heroes. Um, and that was, that really sparked an interest in wanting to be a musician, you know, at an early age. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And so, so now you, you look back and you're like, man, all these bands that I grew up with, like you've been on fucking tour with like GNR and, I know. and Slash and like, dude, it's crazy, man. 
it's it's uh yeah you definitely gotta step back and pinch yourself when when you're having experiences like this and you know i was telling my agent in um in europe he was like who's like your dream act to tour with you know i mean you guys have checked a lot of the the dream boxes and for me that's guns and the black crows and um the who is a big one too i think the only ones left in terms of like the legacy acts would be like aerosmith acdc and the stones it's like i'd be like okay yeah what else could i ask for (laughs) you know you pick a career highlight or is that just like way too hard one highlight yeah would be tough that'd be tough um there's already been so many it's like again yeah pinch me yeah yeah uh mark i don't know honestly how how much time i have with you so i just want to blast through i want to get outside of music yeah i got no right i got nothing till um like 11 45 so okay nice okay nice uh okay so let's uh let's get outside of music then and and kind of get to know you a little bit sure so what what are you binge watching right now like what are the shows (laughs) like man (laughs) such a good show man um the, the last thing i watched um because my buddy was in it actually was the terminal list on uh is it on it's on amazon it's like the chris pratt taylor kitsch um military like conspiracy thriller series um it's really good it's really well done but it's interesting to um it's always interesting to watch something that like a friend is in and you know yeah, totally see right. if he's got that like weird look in his eye where it's like you know sometimes like you look at something and you're like i don't know that person i'm watching you know and but sometimes you watch it and you're like oh that's totally him so yeah. it's uh it's fun for me but uh yeah. that was the big one that i watched recently and then um the only other thing i really sought out was top gun 2 and that was like amazing oh. I haven't seen it, but every person I've talked to is like, man, I feel like I was a little kid again. Totally. I couldn't believe that the movie was ending. It was so freaking good. Like, it is awesome, man. That's um, that that's super like close to my heart. You know, is that was like one of the first movies I really remember ever seeing and and yeah. like having a thing with. Um. So for it to come back around, you know, however many years later is is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, which superhero is your favorite? Like yeah, I don't. I don't care about any of those. You, like, don't, I, you don't watch I, any of that shit. No, really? I don't watch any of that stuff. Um, wow. I did watch uh, the Batman on the flight home from from Europe, but oh, it's the, just because it was like with, uh, with yeah, with Rob Pattinson. Pattinson. Yeah, yeah. It was really good. good. Um, but yeah, I'm not like a big superhero huh. f- like comic book. Uh, movie guy I, d- I typically like the movies to be rooted in some sort of reality right well i you think know, batman I'm, would probably be as close as you could possibly get for a super like he's just a dude that can fight <laughs> yeah i mean at, on some level i'm sure all the comic book like superheroes are um that's what makes them like relatable but yeah i read so many when i first moved to la i was like a script reader for a second and like i read so many like bad scripts that when you you see a film that really like you know that this it's it's all about the script and like obviously somebody wrote something that was so amazing that it was unavoidable to to pass it over um you know you you really gravitate towards those films and you know the last one in recent memory that i saw that i could see like just being a great you know piece of paper with awesome words on it was probably the green book 
Um, it was just like a movie about a jazz, black jazz musician, like going around the country dealing with racism in like, I don't know, the fifties or the forties or something. And it was, oh, okay. his driver was, uh, Viggo Mortensen. And, um, it was great. It was an amazing movie. How do you, how do you get into a, a, a job like that? Like reading, like, I didn't even know that that <laughs> it's pretty common production companies have these people, um, interns usually that read scripts and, um, you know, they do what's called coverage. You write a little summary on it and mm. there's higher ups that will read it and say, you know, maybe, maybe this is worth my time to take two hours and read this right. script, you know, and that's how they sort of weed out stuff initially. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that interesting. It was, I, I think in the whole time I must've read hundreds of scripts. I probably read one that I thought was good. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad, hey. Well, it's not that they're all awful. It's like a lot of them are very um, formulaic in their uh, approach. It's like, you know, like an ex well, they say that there's, there's only like five storylines or something like that. that you can probably, yeah, write right. Or whatever, you know. So, yeah, ex-Navy SEAL falls in love with a, like, woman in distress, like, that's fighting the cartel was like a common. Wow. Whatever, you know. <laughs> What's the worst <laughs> job you've had? Um, during the pandemic, I was definitely... Um, you know, looking for some means of income. We all were, and we, the whole band at one point was like trimming weed at this like weed factory in uh, LA, and it was hell, dude. <laughs> it was hell. Justin was very excited at first, and then he was like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. What, what does it cost for an ounce down in LA? An ounce? Um, that'd be a Justin question. I wouldn't know. I'm uh yeah I don't I don't smoke too much um he would he'd be able to tell you f the prices for f different types of weed I'm sure D different strains and shit yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um let me let me hit you with an oddball one do you do you believe that aliens have visited Earth or maybe even live among us live among us I don't know about that but I'm sure they visited Earth there's no doubt I I get wrapped up a lot like in our perception of time because people are like, Oh, you know, like aliens haven't come in a million years, but whatever, it, you know, however long, but, um, you know, if you think of our life, if you think of human existence, you know, and how long we've been here, um, I don't know how many millions of years that's been, but even if, even if they haven't come in a billion years, if you're some sort of life, form that can travel through light years of time to get here a billion years probably isn't that long you know what i mean yeah, yeah. so uh it's it's probably not um it's probably just not uh too too strange that they haven't been here in a million or 10 million or 100 million years you know i'm just high enough to enjoy that re reply <laughs> yeah there you go i'd love to talk to neil degrasse tyson about that sometime <laughs> Uh, okay, so we know that you're a hockey fan. What other sports uh, do you get into? What, like, what's your team? Yeah, I'm a big Penguins fan. Always have been since I was a little kid. Um, Penguins, interesting. Why is yeah. that? Yeah, um, I I just loved when I was little. I just loved that Penguin logo. I think that's what really grabbed me. And they weren't too far from where I grew up. They were like five or six hours away. Okay, but I kind of grew up around Boston, Montreal, Buffalo. New York Rangers, Islanders, Penguins, Philly, they were all in the Northeast, you know, within, within reach, yep, yep. usually on TV. Um, but yeah, I've, I mean, I, 
grew up going to a lot of Ranger games. My first game ever was up at, you know, up in Montreal, um, with my dad, uh, during, during like a hockey trip, we were up there for a hockey thing and, you know, they just happened to be in town that weekend and, and we, uh, caught a game, but, uh, yeah, it's crazy. And it's, it's turned into friendships with like Henrik Lundqvist of, of the Rangers and cool. he loves music and loves playing guitar and that's always been fun. But, um, yeah, man, I've, I try and catch a game. If there's a game going on in, in a city that we're in on a night off, I'm usually there. Nice. Do you watch, uh, the fights UFC Bellator and all that? I do very casually, very passively, but, um, I'm not like obsessed with UFC or anything. I'd rather rather watch hockey. I'm I'm very into the World Cup. I love that. And I love uh I do love the Tampa Bay Bucks, man. That's that's been a torture of mine for a long time and now it's <laughs> it's been awesome. That's it's kind of like cheating though that Tom Brady's on the team, you know. I know, right? It's kind of <laughs> it's kind of like veiled uh, happiness cuz you're you're definitely into um I mean, obviously you want to see the team win, but just for the, you know, the, the quality of the team to change so drastically from one player is just wild. I know. Isn't it crazy? It's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. All right, Mark, I'm going to respect your time, dude. I'll ask you one more question. Yeah. We'll wrap it up. So I want you to share a near death story where you're like, holy shit. I could have, I should have just died there. Hmm. I could have died. I don't know if I have one. Well, knock wood. I could have, where I could have died. Man, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know if I have one. You're one of the few, man. I, I've probably talked to a thousand people on this podcast and 900 have had stories. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, I got a good one for you. <laughs> <laughs> I I won't say I should have died. Um, I definitely could have died in a horrible death. But I was in um, it's in the mountains. I was in Wyoming, and my buddy and I we were <laughs> we were trying to photograph. I love wildlife photography, so grizzly bears, wolves, um, you know, moose, whatever mostly grizzly bears and wolves and uh so we were it was actually during covid we were like looking to get out of the house we go to you know some of the national parks and buzz around that area and obviously there's woodsy backcountry areas that aren't in the national parks and you can see some stuff so we we go out into the backcountry and uh we come across like a dead elk carcass and there's just birds flying all over it and that's usually a pretty good sign that like a wolf or like a grizz, something is coming to feed on it. So we, we like sit on it for like a day. We're just, you know, keeping our distance, hoping something comes around and we don't see anything. And, um, you know, the next morning we wake up and I go and I'm like, I'm going to go check on the carcass, see if like something made on it overnight or whatever. And, and we parked probably 300 yards away from the, the kill site we called it. And I'm walking towards this thing. I get like 50 yards away from it. And out of the corner of my eye, I th see three grizzly bears all on their hind legs looking at me walk towards their food. And I'm just like, holy shit. 
and you're not supposed to run. But what do you do? I was kind of in a position where I could see the bears, but my buddy who was back at our, our van couldn't. And I like turned back to him and I'm like, Hey man, like grab the bear spray, grab the gun. And he's like, what? Couldn't hear me. Couldn't understand me. I was like, grab a fucking bear spray. He's like, what? And I just, in a split second decision, just decided I'm bolting. I'm bolting to this van and hopefully they get the memo that something serious is going on. And uh, they did. And they're like pointing at me laughing. They're like, why is he running? And I like, when I got into earshot of them, I was like, fucking grizzly bears, grizzly bears. Like, let's go. And uh, we jumped into a, a Jeep nearby and we kind of like rode over there safely. And these bears just like chilled with us for like 35, 40 minutes. And we got to photograph them, got some amazing photos, but wow. Yeah. I was running like for my life. Yeah. You don't, mess At least with they weren't chasing me, but in their food. Yeah. That's, that's like, they say that's like one of the two surefire ways like to get in a bad situation is like be in between a mother and their cubs or be near a grizz while they're protecting a food source. And that's not good. Mm. So um, I had a black bear chase me up in uh, when I was living up in Terrace, North, really Northern BC. And uh, it chased me for about a hundred meters or so. But thankfully wow. I had a, probably about a 400 meter, you know, gap. Run. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, man, my whole body, like even now telling the story, I'm fucking my whole, like every hair on my body was like, yeah, no, I'm sure. I, I literally thought I was going to die. Yeah. I, I was right there with, you. I mean, in three Grizz, like yeah. I got it. I, I, you don't have a chance against one, you know? No. Um, and what do you do? Like if, if, if it were to catch you, is it like the Grizzlies, are they like you ball up or like, what do you do for that? You're supposed to just, um, like, cover the back of your neck because they can't open their mouth too wide they kind of have a pretty narrow gap so i mean like they're obviously going to maul you and claw you and that's obviously not good but yeah i mean you probably don't have a chance if you wind up in that situation but probably not you're supposed to just yeah ball up cover your neck and hope for the best and (laughs) not run because they they immediately think you're prey Wow. But yeah, that's not good. You're supposed to have bear spray on you. And I, I usually do. And uh, I just didn't in that one, like 90 second circumstance. And uh, I never again will go anywhere without it. That's crazy. So yeah, it was, it was wild. Yep, that's I a, got that's some good picks though. So we got some good picks. Yeah. yeah. So what's the, what's the rest of uh, 2022 looking like for dirty honey? Yeah, just um, we're going on tour in a couple two weeks here again in, in the states and canada and then um probably get into the studio and record a bunch of stuff that we've been working on and nice you know we'll uh just go from there see what what's next um but yeah making making some more music and getting that stuff finished is definitely a, a major priority right now so very cool well i look forward to seeing your bad man september 5th uh, rickshaw theater here in, in yeah i can't wait can't wait for uh, that your your band's easy to find on social media. Straight up, uh, Dirty Honey Band on Instagram and Twitter. Yep, Dirty Honey Music on Facebook. That's it. That's it. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome, fun. Mark, thanks again, man, for for yeah, no worries, podcast man. today. Uh, say hi to the rest of the guys for me, and I guess I guess we'll, we'll see, see you online. in uh, in Van City. The Toddcast Podcast on ToddHancock.ca. Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of the Go Kid Go Network. 
Do your kids love wacky worlds, superheroes, and inventing? Of course they do. That's why our shows Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow are set in Pflugerville, the nonstop fun and adventure universe where imagination, creativity, STEM, and positive role models abound. Join the Pflugerville fun by searching for Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.